Hello, Saints. Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. Uh, And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing uh, happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom he died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. You know, saints, we talk about sound doctrine a lot and the cardinal doctrines of the Christian faith. We could say the foundation or elemental doctrines of the Christian faith, which are so very absent from the modern church world, you know, Think about it. We got a whole lot of people talking about and putting out memes and messages about being a warrior for Christ. But never or very seldom do we hear uh, people touting and encouraging, exhorting and teaching what the Bible teaches that we are to be humble servants of Jesus Christ, our Lord himself, as we go back through the Gospels, uh, now that we're a little bit more mature than the last time we went through them, and uh, we see through different eyes as we pray and pour prayerfully over the Holy Scriptures, we read the Beatitudes, if you will, where uh, Jesus is laying the foundation for what a Christian, a disciple's life actually looks like. For example, the onset of the longest recorded message of Jesus in the whole Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7, Jesus speaks about being blessed to have a poor spirit or blessed uh, are the poor in spirit of those that are uh, broken and contrite in heart and continually desperate for God, relying fully on the Lord. Blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And blessed are the merciful. Amen. Serve others with mercy because of the great mercy God has shown to you and me in our own sin, having found us and saved us into his eternal kingdom and washed away all our sins. We should all have the disposition of Paul uh, that there is no good thing that dwells in us. Have you said that to the Lord and for your own ears to hear lately? Romans seven eighteen. Paul said, there is no good thing that dwelleth in me that is in my flesh. Seems like Paul is saying that the only good thing in him is Jesus, not himself. Amen. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed uh, are the peacemakers. Blessed are they which are persecuted. Now, you notice we don't see anything in here, but blessed is the man. Uh, blessed, blessed be the one that's the warrior. You know, everybody wants to be the warrior, but true worship brings us to uh, a grounded place of being a servant. A- amen. A- Jesus said, uh, the greatest among you is going to be the servant of 
of all. Right here in Matthew, the, the gospel of Matthew is so loaded. Uh, we don't in this message today, we don't have to leave the gospel of Matthew. Uh, you know, we could spend hours on Matthew and everything Jesus is teaching about being a servant. You know, Matthew was written to the Jews and uh, those uh, covenant people of God who were and that's what we are now. We're in Christ, and uh, we are the Israel of God, Galatians six sixteen, and called to be servants. You know, there's a time to just shut our mouths and just serve, amen? Just shut up and serve. Like, for example, perhaps that would be good medicine or good wisdom for us among, around our family. I mean, let's, let's face it. Uh, some of us have been praying and trying to tell our family about Jesus and how to be saved and uh, they've chose their religion over Christ or for whatever reason have chosen not to be saved but if we'll just uh, go ahead and serve just show the love of Christ by being the greatest servant among our family jumping in there and uh, just taking care of business just washing those dishes man cooking delighting them with delicious food, etc., and helping them, helping the aged or the injured or whatever their needs are, always preemptively and proactively serving them, anticipating their need. Amen. James 2.18, show me thy faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Based on the teachings of Jesus and the apostles' doctrine, which is the teachings of Jesus uh, spread and elaborated on by the apostles, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, I always like to say ABS, always be serving. That's what Jesus came to do. Jesus said, I did not come to, to be served, but to serve. I believe that's Matthew 20. 20 through 28 our lord also said greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friends you know we think about laying down our lives and sometimes we'll say like peter lord i'll i'll die for you i will never ever deny you and yet peter soon after denied jesus three times and, uh, you know, if we won't live to serve others, why could we possibly say in our, uh, well, it's probably because of our immaturity, like Peter at the time, uh, that we would actually lay down our lives for our wives, for our husband, for our children, for our friends. If we won't serve them, chances are we're not going to <laughs> lay down our lives to, to, uh, for them. Okay. There's a, there's a time, friends, to let thy words be few. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2. There's a time to cease all words and serve. Simply serve others as unto Christ. In fact, that's what the Word of God tells us to do in Colossians chapter 3. Uh, Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Many of you know this a lot better than I do, but I can tell you we could sit down and have a cup of coffee, 
about the, the wondrous grace of God working in us as we uh, obey him, as we serve him and serve others as unto him. Jesus summed up the whole law and the prophets uh, by saying, uh, you shall, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And others serve others, love and serve others as uh, unto yourself. This is the first and great commandment. Uh, and the second is like unto it, which I just said, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh, on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets, serving God and others. Notice he never said to love and serve yourself. You already love yourself. That's the problem. Now, God wants us to take that love and pour it out on others. Isn't that what the mind of Christ is? What is the mind of Christ? What does he mean, mind? Well, he simply means the disposition is one part of that mind of Christ. And we know we're walking in the mind of Christ. Let it be, Jesus, in each of our lives, by the way. Uh, when we are elevating others above ourselves, notice this, let nothing, Philippians 2, 3 through 5. I want to encourage you, dearly beloved, as a uh, brother in Christ, to, to read Philippians 2, verse 3 through 5. You might want to read more than that, but Philippians 2, 3 through 5 for the next week, every morning when you wake up, uh, let nothing, listen to it, let, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory or nothing done to bring glory to ourselves, but in lowliness of mind, let each, that's us, esteem other better than ourselves. Let us elevate and lift up and bless others better than ourselves. Uh, look not every man on his own things. Isn't that what our lives are when we're not denying ourselves, taking up our cross and following Jesus? It's all about us. It's all about what we want, what we have to do, our duties and our desires, etc. But uh, it also comes with misery. You see, sin has a price tag of shame, guilt, misery, and many other evil things. But when we get out of our world like Jesus did when he came from heaven to earth to die for us, uh, and we serve others empowered by and as unto the Lord, uh, joy is going to fill our hearts. We're going to have peace and a love and a, a, a rich fellowship with Christ. You know, someone said that we're never more like Christ than when we're giving, when we're serving, we're giving of ourselves. And uh, I've begun to learn, and again, many of you are far advanced beyond me, but uh, thank you for having patience, Jesus, and you guys with those of us that are still learning this to just go in there with the, just already have your disposition set. You're going to uh, you're going to get up in the morning and find somebody to bless. You're going to go to your parents or your friends or your a family member's home and you're going to ask what you can do. You're going to ask them beforehand if you can cook or jump in there and help them, whatever it is, wherever the application, be the greatest servant of them all. Matthew twenty three eleven. Jesus told us who's the greatest in the kingdom. It's not the guy that wears the bishop or the prophet title uh, or the, the lady that sings the best or 
somebody that uh, has a religious title or does some kind of work in, in the church. No, it's the greatest servant. Jesus isn't going to be saying, well done, my good and uh, faithful choir member or warrior for Jesus <laughs> or pastor. No, or evangelist. No, 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 no. Or the one that could put together the best sermon or write the best book. No, no, no. He said, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Amen. Matthew 25. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. There's nothing greater in God's kingdom, according to the king of the kingdom, Jesus, than the servants, than the servant, the one who humbly serves as unto him. Amen. Well done, my good and faithful servant. In fact, many of those who move in the gifts, you know, they prophesied in his name, Matthew 7. They're in the end. Uh, we read a little bit in the beginning of the uh, the Sermon on the Mount. At the end of it, he warns us that only those who have their lives built on obedience to the word of God are built upon the rock and everyone else has built their house, their life on sinking sand, which will not stand in the judgment. Even those who prophesy and maybe those who sing well and other things he said, but he's going to say to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Now, in that passage in Matthew 7, Jesus says uh, you shall know them by their fruit by their fruit you shall know them verse 16 and 20 now let me ask you to consider this how do people view you now i i know that it really matters what god how god it ultimately absolutely matters what god thinks of us but the other believers around you you know how how did they view you and uh, again, we're not living to please man first and foremost. Okay, we we're here to love the Lord supremely, but also to love His neighbor. And do 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 we exemplify the disposition of the mind of Christ? Do we serve others? Are we elevating others above ourselves? You know, I've been thinking lately about those who you know. You, you look at the rich man; he's no longer rich. He never will be. <laughs> But while he was on earth, he was rich and he just, uh, you know, just he was fine being that he was a unrepentant, wicked sinner that refused to get right with God. We can clearly surmise that by what Jesus taught in Luke 16, 19 through 31. This man uh, sat there while a servant of the Lord, Lazarus being his name, uh, subsisted, subsisted, in other words, barely got along, uh, by the crumbs that fell from the rich man's table. Oh, boy. And uh, this guy was all right with that. You know, and I think about so many people that come and go and that uh, are in the world that claim to be Christians, and yet they're fine living in lavishness and abundance on this earth and sitting around and not convicted in the least to help those around them, to serve them. I mean, what what would it do to somebody? I'm talking perhaps to you that have much more than the necessities of life. 
Uh, what would it do to others? Can you imagine with me for a minute what would happen if you called a friend God put on your heart and you begin to pray and say, Lord, I want to serve you. And like the early church, I want to uh, liquidate and, and, and bless the body of Christ. What would happen if you called someone who, you know, barely gets along like most people uh, and uh, just paid three months ahead of their electric bill? What, what would it do to them? How would God be glorified? You know, it's, it's important to begin to think creatively and prayerfully and asking God for wisdom. You know, we don't want to be so much shotgun servants as we uh, would do better to pray for God's wisdom. Lord, if any, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Lord, I want to take and, and, and I want to bless your body. This is yours, Lord. All things come of thee and of thine own have we given thee. First Chronicles twenty nine fourteen. What would it do to us? I could tell you what it would do to them. It would absolutely blow their doors off, as the saying goes. That would absolutely bless them to no end that you would take it upon yourself, anticipate the need. I love that saying right there. You know, we anticipate our own needs, don't we? Well, I'm going to need this. I'm going to, hey, how about anticipating others' needs? Just jumping out there. I want you to, I want to encourage you to pray about it. Just jump out there and be a blessing to somebody, man. Uh, watch their kids, a couple perhaps, and uh, one night and pay for, give them a $100 gift card to one of the best restaurants in your city. Wouldn't that be a, I'm just giving you little ideas. And if we were all sitting around in a circle, wouldn't that be nice? Um, as it is always with the body of Christ, the fellowship. And uh, wouldn't it be nice to hear what creative ideas for serving we uh, could share and enlighten one another in? I mean, I could, I guess I could think of more. That's not really the point here, the, the general message of being a servant, being an authentic disciple, a genuine disciple of Jesus is not about being the hero and the warrior that, uh, you know, can sing the song the best or go out there and tear down strongholds of cities and all like these, some of these spiritual warfare people are doing. <laughs> there is spiritual warfare, but it's grounded in submission to Jesus. Okay. James 4. Seven, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Okay? That's what it's grounded in. Not being somebody that's out there actually operating in witchcraft that you put the title of spiritual warfare on. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of that in that NAR movement that uh, in the Word of Faith cult also, both of those are absolutely cults, NAR, New Apostolic Reformation Movement with a bunch of warlocks that claim to be pastors, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. Beware, saints. Jesus has nothing to do with any of that. Jesus taught us to be humble servants. He taught us to, to cry out to him to be poor in spirit, pure in heart, peacemakers. Rejoice when we're persecuted and rejoice that it only proves that we are his. Amen. Blessed are they that mourn. I'm just grabbing these right out of Matthew 5. When's the last time you read Matthew 5 through 7? 
the Sermon on the Mount. This isn't to become a Christian. This is for those already born again into the kingdom of Christ. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And let me say this. If you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness, there's probably no accident that you're listening to this message, which is an exhortation for you to just zip those lips and go to work, serving Jesus quietly, bringing no attention to yourself, and serving others as unto him. The mind of Christ, again, let's read it through. Philippians 2, 3 through 5, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness, O oh Lord, make us lowly in the sense that you define it as the deep humility that you alone can bring, O oh God. Uh, lowliness in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves now if i'm esteeming others better than myself uh, how can i say i am actually doing that when i spend all of my time uh, pampering the god of self (laughs) instead of getting up every day seeking christ for who you can go out there and serve And you know, the body of Christ is the first priority of God. Jesus said in his prayer to the Father in John 17, I pray not for the world. No, I pray for those that you gave me. That's a revelation right there we need to know. Also, Paul says, Galatians 6.10, let us do good unto all men, especially, key word, unto them who are of the household of Christ, of God. Amen. Galatians 6.10. So look not every man, verse 4, Philippians 2, on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Amen. Get out of our own world and serve others. What a blessing. And listen, you're going to be freed up. You're going to experience a liberty that you will never experience when you're serving others the God of self, anybody still serving the God of self all the time is in need of repentance before it's too late because no man can serve two masters. We're even serving Jesus or ourself. And then he says, verse five, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Again, Philippians two, three through five. Let me exhort you to read that passage and pray it and declare it every morning this week, friend. Now, another way we must serve others with the mind of Christ is by showing mercy to them. Notice verse 7 in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, right? Verse 7, let's see. Blessed are the peacemakers, I'm sorry, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. If you want to receive and obtain mercy now and forever, you must show mercy. This is a teaching of Jesus Christ, Matthew 5, 7, etc., that Paul expanded on also. He said this in Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Now, we're talking for a moment here about your disposition and attitude but be uh, concerning And toward other believers, have you been forgiven by God through Christ's sacrifice, not through anything of yourself? Amen. If if it was ourself and our righteousness, uh, then that's as filthy rags. 
It was only on the behalf of Christ's perfect sacrifice that you were forgiven. And God absolutely requires that you forgive all others. Let me stop and say this. If you want to go to hell, and you will, if you don't forgive everyone, period, from your heart, brother, you don't understand what they did. I don't want to hear it. Get on your face and fast and pray so that you are so dead that you have no energy or anything within you to hate anybody. In fact, another thing to do, go look in the mirror at the most wicked man or woman that ever walked the face of the earth that Jesus died for and then came and found you and saved you into his kingdom. Okay, and I would especially say that to the... uh, ones that I pity who grew up in church all their life where self-righteousness so often reigns. You see, Jesus said again, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And that's exactly what the lamb of God came to do. And he did it. Amen. He was crucified for our sins. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself and He did it while we were yet sinners. He served us, that's you and me, sinners, while we were yet separated from him in our sin. Then, after finding and saving us, he requires that we show mercy to all others, just as he showed such immense mercy to us by coming to die on the cross, to forgive our sins and bring us into relationship with him and the Father. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32, let all bitterness, and this is how we need to serve others, serve God and others. Let all bitterness, in that order, by the way, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Wow. Did you catch all of those words? And <laughs> Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, that's five, I believe, so far, be put away from you with all malice. Make it six. You know what that takes? That takes the cross, a death to self. And be ye kind. Here's the command of God. Be kind. Be ye kind one to another notice tender-hearted as opposed to what as opposed to hard-hearted right and be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another even as god for christ's sake hath forgiven you you see god for christ's sake in other words for the because of the perfect sacrifice of christ for you, sinner, on the cross that he made, you've been forgiven. Okay? Again, when we begin, I talked to somebody not long ago that called me. I believe it was a, a brother in Christ. It sure was. And his wife had left him. And uh, after many years of marriage, sad situation, ran off with another man. 
and I was ministering to him in, in comfort, and et cetera. And one of the things I shared with him is that no matter what she did, we must all, you and me, uh, because nobody has been a perfect mate. No marriage. Jesus wasn't married. So <laughs> we can say this on a wholesale basis all the way from Adam and Eve till now until Jesus comes. There's no such thing as a perfect wife or husband. And I said, no matter what she did, my brother, I want to encourage you to be made whole by Christ. You're going to have to admit to him and acknowledge anything wrong that you did in that marriage. Now, I wasn't blaming him, but on the basis of uh, that, that all of us are imperfect, even after we're saved, uh, we've got to take personal responsibility for what we did. Uh, of course, the, the main part of the damage done may be coming from the other person, but God doesn't hold me responsible for their sins, even though their sins hurt me or you okay and he wants to make us whole and so we need to go before him and say lord i forgive and fill in the blank name put their name out there and lord i ask you to forgive me for the wrong i did in that relationship the sins i committed the the way i responded to them or whatever it is whatever it is May God, Father, we pray for a disposition of mercy towards others, realizing that Christ came and died for the most wicked people, and that would be us. No one deserves your mercy, and uh, we certainly don't merit it. It was given on the behalf of Christ's perfect sacrifice, and for that we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I would highly recommend you memorize verse 32 here, friend, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted. Lord, give us hearts of flesh. Take away the stony places in our hearts that were formed because of our own stubborn and stubbornness, witchcraft, and sin. We denounce it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you i love colossians 3 let's look at verse 12 through 14 put on therefore as the elect of god and you know there, there's certain passages and we're going through some of them right now that i have i memorized them years ago i memorized where they were at least and i just go pour over these on a regular basis and it just does wonders to feed and to fuel my life in christ and this is another one right here uh colossians 3 12 through 14 uh put on therefore as the elect of god holy and beloved bowels of mercies wow bowels of mercies like our bowels, our inner man being full of the mercies of God, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Notice this, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Amen. What a mouthful this is. And we're not going to break this down 
fully. But remember, even as you have to, quote unquote, put up with, uh, you know, such and such a person in your life, they have to put up with you. And last time I checked, God's still at work on each and every one of us. Amen. (laughs) All right. So in serving, we must serve out of a heart of mercy, a disposition that is, uh, uh, let's see, enraptured in Christ, in the mind of Christ, the greatest servant among you, as was uh, in no greater fashion demonstrated by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, And and I want to shoot you at Matthew 18, shoot you toward it. That came out wrong. Uh, Matthew 18. And uh, and he talks about beginning in verse 21 to the end of the chapter about the importance of forgiving. And if you don't forgive, you are going to be cast to the tormentors. You're going to hell. Guaranteed that we have the word of God on it. Doesn't matter what else you've done in your life after being saved. You better forgive all others and do whatever it takes to forgive them. Get on your face. Go on a fast. Lay down your life. And God will show you just how wicked you really are. Because you are without him. Absolutely wicked. Jesus says in this chapter, Matthew 18, 3 and 4. And verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted. And become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Notice. To enter into the kingdom of heaven, you've got to be converted. That happens when you repent. By the way, you're being converted to Christ, not your religion. Anybody serving a religion instead of Christ is an antichrist pagan. As sure for hell, there is no purgatory, as if he were already there. If you can't give up your religion for Christ, then you are an antichrist doesn't matter what lies you've been told. Uh, Jesus didn't come and die so you would kiss the statue or the feet or the hand of some costume-clad sinner named the phony Pope in Rome. Repent. And when you repent, lay down your life and follow Jesus, you will no longer follow any cult any pagan cult that's got you bowing down to statues and praying a rosary nowhere to be found in the Bible or a novena nowhere in the Bible or Mary, a sinner who didn't die for anybody's sins and even admitted she was a sinner and told you whatever Jesus says to do, do it. Obey him. And right after that, Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Matthew, excuse me, John 2, 5 and 3, 3. Follow Jesus. Repent today, now, and follow Jesus humbly. Okay, except ye be converted, Jesus said. And that's to Christ only. And become as little children humble what are little children like humble innocent dependent amen humble innocent h-i-d i like that i like that h-i-d humble innocent and dependent reminds me of colossians 3 3 you are dead 
you that are converted, you are dead and your life is hid, H-I-D, with Christ in God. Amen. Then he says, you shall not accept, uh, you be converted. In other words, it's absolutely imperative. You've got to have that that moment where you know, you know, anybody that says, I've always been a Christian, that person is 100% of the time not born again. They're not converted. Born again and converted are the same. Okay, you've never had that come to Jesus meeting where you got on your knees and you confessed to it. God already knows that you are a wicked sinner who has violated his holy law. You have lied. Thou shalt not bear false witness. You have stolen even one thing. It doesn't matter. If you break one commandment of the law one time in your life, you're guilty of breaking it all. You shall not steal. Thou shalt not steal. You've stolen something in your life. Thou shalt not covet. There's been times when we've not been content. And therefore we coveted. Instead of being thankful for what God gave us. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. These are all the ten parts of the Ten Commandments. How about this one? Thou shalt not commit adultery. And Jesus said if you've looked on a woman... To lust, you've already committed adultery. We are all 100% guilty and in need of the one Savior, the one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And except you be converted and become as little children, humble, innocent, and dependent, desperate for Jesus, uh, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Look at that. If you just think about that in light of all the people who profess to know God, and to be following Christ, to be saved, they wear it as a label instead of simply demonstrating it by the way they live every day <clears throat> as a genuine, authentic disciple of Jesus. We got a book called Authentic, and um, that came out of my personal, as God led me to no good of my own, that's for sure, to cry out to him to strip me of all religion, every trace of falsity and fakery and plasticness and get rid of it god that's a great prayer just make me your authentic servant and disciple amen that's a great prayer for you all of us saints to get rid of the stuff that doesn't belong in us the wrong imagery and uh, uh of god something other than his word again we're talking about people that are running around being warriors for jesus he didn't call you to be a warrior the Bible says the Lord is a man of war, and he requires that you lay down your life. You be crucified with Christ, dead and buried, and then he's going to raise you up. And, and sometimes he'll use you in a powerful way. But uh, the key is walking as a the gospel key, according to the original gospel, as we read and adhere to it, is to be a humble servant, a servant, bringing no glory to ourselves, all to Jesus and others esteeming them above ourselves. Go in there when you read Philippians 2, 3 through 5 every day this week, and I want you to look at each word so carefully and prayerfully. Notice the word above. <laughs> you to be esteeming others not on the same level as yourself, above yourself. That's why I said earlier, how in the world can we have all these things in this world and be sitting high in our lofty place while others around us and most people could that claim to be could care less 
how somebody else is doing. Let me tell you something. Most of the people around you, let me let you in on a little clue. Most of the people around you, in case you don't know it, are struggling with something. And almost half of them are struggling with paying their bills. (laughs) So what does that say when you got people that have, they're all taken care of? Man, they got money sitting in the bank, earning more interest in a month than most people earn, have in a year. Make it, yeah, there are a lot of people like that. <laughs> you, you don't think they're going to come and pay somebody, go pay somebody's mortgage off, do you? Wouldn't even be like a, a slight percentage of what they have to do such. You don't think they're going to go. Uh, anticipate and see and dig into and ask questions to find out how they could pay somebody's light bill or buy them a new car do you no unfortunately not and they're going to perish like the rich man who sat there while the righteous man that shows that he was wicked you see uh you know there's a saying i saw years ago and i'm going to put this out there right now i love it And it goes like this. You live what you believe. The rest is just religious talk. Amen. You're living what you really believe. You can say you're saved all day long and march straight into the bowels of eternal damnation. If you're not living an obedient life and abiding oneness with Jesus, you are going to hell. Doesn't matter how many times you go to church and how wonderful they think you are, how wonderful you, you come across as you preach or sing, you're going to hell if you aren't serving Jesus on his terms as a humble, obedient servant who puts him and others above yourself. Again, you live what you believe. The rest is nothing more than religious talk. 1 John 3.18 Beloved, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Notice the contrast. 1 John 3.18 I want to highly encourage you to memorize that verse and many of the other ones, if not all of them, that we're talking about now this this message does you no good for your future and just listening to me grab and grasp and harvest and cling to the scriptures we're talking about now and own them you don't really own a verse a truth till you begin to memorize that truth if god matters to you if jesus really matters to you you will do it Amen. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself, Matthew 18, 4, as this little child, you know, the one that is humble, innocent, and dependent. Whosoever, therefore, shall humble himself as this little child, that is, after being converted, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. There it is. That's what Jesus taught. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is the one that humbles himself and serves everybody else. Amen. Jesus and everybody else. That's the mind of Christ. Not only serving them on the level you serve yourself, but above. Uh, I am not a hum. If I am not a humble servant of Jesus, how in the world can I possibly be so deceived 
self-deceived as to think I'm going to heaven. Jesus said, not every, Matthew 7, 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, on judgment day, that is, so many today calling him Lord that saying they're saved, that do not have the fruit to prove it. If you were accused in a court of law of being a Christian, would there be evidence enough to prove it? Jesus said again, Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So who is it, we should ask, that wants to be great or chief in the kingdom of heaven or in God's eyes? Jesus says in Matthew 20, 20 through 28, I'll read verse 26 through 28 here. But it shall not be so among you, that is, to put yourself above others, but whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister, that means servant. Remember, ABS, always be serving. And he continues, whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. You want to be the greatest in God's kingdom? That's not a bad desire. Do it his way serve everybody else as unto him and fueled by his grace as you cry out to him daily denying yourself taking up your cross and following him uh, cry out for his grace his divine enablement to be multiplied in you to serve others paul said that's what happened in his life in ministry he said he labored more than all of those other leaders of his day Yet not him, but the grace of God that labored in him. Wow. I believe that's 1 Corinthians fifteen ten. The grace of God, friends, is the divine influence of God on our hearts and his enablement, his divine empowerment in our lives. And as we set our hearts upon Christ, setting our affection on things above, not on the things of the earth, uh, God is going to dispense his grace, his divine enablement, that continual influence, uh, influence in our hearts. He's going to dispense and multiply that grace. Okay, in the last verse here in that passage, Jesus said, Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant, even as the Son of Man. See, if we're following Jesus, we're going to emulate Jesus. If we're following Jesus, think about follow me. That means do what I did, and that means die to yourself. Jesus conquered sin and death by dying, Hebrews 2.14. And that's why man, perhaps some listening to me have not been able to overcome sin, some sin in your life. Why would that be? Well, simple. You're not dying to self. You esteem and count your life dear to yourself in this world there there is no excuse for it uh, i want to encourage you to schedule a fast yeah you fast and pray get real get genuine get authentic nothing happens till you schedule you got everything else scheduled but you can't schedule a fast so that you can be uh he can increase in your life and you can decrease then you're never going to get free and you're going to die in sin and go to hell. 
If you don't serve God enough to overcome sin, you're going to die in sin really real quick. I mean, uh, real obvious. And he said, if you die in sin, uh, after being made righteous, you're going to be uh, separated from him. The soul that sinneth it shall die. Ezekiel 33, 12 and 13. Again, Ezekiel 33, 12 and 13. All of your righteousnesses will not be remembered in the day you go into sin. Okay, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. And our faith is in him. In other words, we're serving him. But if you're still living in sin on a perpetual basis, I'm talking about, that's got you and you're addicted to something that does not glorify God, it's a violation of his word, you're in trouble. Okay? And so schedule a fast. That's one of the best ways for the cross to be inserted inserted into the center of your life. Isaiah 58. If you look on safeguardyoursoul.com, go into the fasting and prayer or it might just be fasting uh, category in the drop-down menu or just go safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash fasting or fasting and prayer. Uh, you're going to find a wealth of biblical truth, Christ-centered scripture, rich truth. Even as the Son of Man, we finish here in verse 28, even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. We're following Jesus. We're always serving him and others, not ourselves. Always serving him and others. Matthew 23, 11 and 12. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased or humbled, brought low. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. On social media, as we finish here, uh, the subjects of many of the messages are always uh, a warrior for Jesus or some kind of highfalutin title that people in the flesh aggrandize. But notice Matthew 23. Again, Matthew. Here's another passage in Matthew. 23, 8 through 12, Jesus says, But be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master with a capital M, even Christ. And all ye are brethren, and call no man your father upon the earth, for one is your capital F, Father, which is in heaven. See, God, Jesus is teaching against touting titles. Also, look up the word title or titles in the search box on safeguardyoursoul.com, and you'll find a, a couple or three powerful messages on uh, how people wrongly use titles, and it could be for no other reason but self-exaltation. They are self-appointed. Jesus said to his disciples, those that are truly his, those that are denying themselves, taking up the cross and following him in an abiding relationship, John 15, 16, I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth much fruit. Notice when you have Jesus's approval, because you've been born again and you're currently walking in an abiding cross relationship with him and bearing the fruit that glorifies him, uh, you're ordained of God to do his work. You don't need man's certifications. 
or titles. Neither be ye called masters, he continues, for one is your master, even Christ, but he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. If we will ever allow that to get in our spirit and begin to live it out, I mean, just watch out. The blessings are going to be untold. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. God's word speaks a whole lot more about humility and being a servant to all uh, than it does uh, being a warrior for Christ. Did Jesus come boasting and putting himself off as some warrior, or did he come as a humble servant? (laughs) The answer is obvious when you read his words for yourself. That's the problem. People uh, don't read God's word for themselves, and they're going to be destroyed. They're already being destroyed, and they're going to be destroyed in the end because they took some man's word for it. After all, he's a pastor. Let me in you, let, let me let you in on a little secret. There are many false prophets that are going out among you, and Jesus said they shall deceive many. Again, both in the book of Matthew seven fifteen and twenty four eleven. That's a warning. The Bible never uses the, the phrase many true prophets. So most people in ministry are absolutely false. Anybody that's in God's word knows that. If you're not a man of the Bible and the word of God, you're not a man of God. If God, if you haven't started uh, reading God's word every day upon awaking and seeking him in prayer, you haven't taken the first step of being a disciple. If you've been saved, that is. God puts the emphasis on humble servanthood, not asserting ourselves like some warrior uh, as if we are the deal, you know. No, Jesus is the deal. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords and no other. Amen. God bless you, friends. Glad we had this time together. And we will covet your prayers for fruitfulness uh, to make Christ known and to preach his gospel to many tens of thousands of people being reached all over the world uh, with the word of God every month, thousands per day. And uh, your supply and prayers are greatly coveted. God bless you. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, Scripture-rich, edifying podcast on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with uh, uh, several many books on there for your uh, edification in Christ. They're all scripture rich and Christ centered. Also tens of thousands uh, of saints and sinners are being reached every month and uh, your prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit uh, our donate page on the site. And uh, uh, you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon, and you can become a 
monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so, and a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach uh, is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and uh, all over the world. And uh, may God be praised that uh, there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together, In the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.